For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Bambi by Felix Sultan, Chapter 22 One morning, something very bad happened to Bambi. The feeble grey of dawn was creeping its way through the forest, and milky white mist rose from the meadow. A quiet that breathes the change in life of day stretched itself out everywhere. The crows were still not awake, nor the magpies, even the jay was asleep. Bambi had come across Feline in the night. She looked sadly at him, and was very shy. I am by myself so much, she said quietly. I am by myself too, Bambi, replied hesitantly. Feline seemed disheartened and asked, Why don't you stay with me anymore? It pained Bambi to see that Feline, once a gay, once a bold, become earnest and downtrodden. I have to be alone, he replied. He had wanted to say it in a snooving way, but it sounded hard. He heard it himself. Felaine looked to him and asked quietly, Do you still love me? Bambi did not hesitate and answered, I don't know. She went calmly away and left him alone. There he stood under the great oak tree at the edge of the meadow, looked carefully out there to see that all was safe and dank, dank in the morning wind. Every time there was, had been a storm, the air was moist and refreshing. It smelt of the earth, of dew and grass, of the wet wood. Bambi breathed deep. He suddenly felt free in a way he had not felt for a long time. He felt as gay as he stepped out into the med- misty meadow. Then came a clap of thunder. Bambi felt as if something had shoved him. It made him stagger. The panic he leapt back into the woods and continued running. He did not understand what had happened. He was quite unable to collect his thoughts, but just kept on running. His terror kept a blowing, uh, kept a tight grip on his heart and took his breath away as he blindly rushed forward. But then suddenly piercing pain ran through him. But he did not think he would be able to endure it. He felt now how it ran hotly over his left thigh and now a burning thread, starting from the place where he first felt the pain. It forced him to stop running. It forced him to walk. Walked more slowly. His shoulders and legs seemed so to go lame. He collapsed to the ground. He was he was seen by Lesterbell. He just lay there wrestling. Get up, Bambi, get up. The elder stood beside him and pushed him gently on his shoulder. Bambi wanted to retort, I can't. But the elder said again, get up, get up. He had such urgency in his voice and such tenderness that Bambi said nothing. In the pain he felt in every part of his body abated for a moment. Now the oldest spoke hurriedly and in fear, Get up, you've got to get away from here, son. Son seemed to be as soon as his words slipped out of his mouth, but Bambi hurried back up to his, on his feet. Right then, said the elder. He took a deep breath and continued to urge Bambi on. Now come me, just stay with me all the time. He hurried forward, Bambi followed him. Even though he's the only to drop to the ground, to lay still and rest. The elder seemed able to do to see this and spoke to Bambi without pause. Whatever the pain is you you is you have now, 
got to bury you just got to bury it. You can't think about lying down. Never think of that at all. As that by itself will make you tired. No, you've got, got to save yourself. Do you understand, Bambi? Save yourself, otherwise you're lost. Just in my mind that. He's coming after you. Do you understand, Bambi? He won't show you mercy. He'll just kill you. Come with me. Just come with me. We'll soon be gone. It's got, it's got to go. Bambi no longer even had the strength to think of anything. Pony surged up in every step he took, reddened with his breath and every senses. A line of heat that burned down in his shoulder brought a deep, delirious excitement into his heart. The other went round in a broad circle. It took a long time. Through his veil of pain and weakness, Bambi was astonished to see it was suddenly beside the great oak tree once more. The other stopped and smelt the ground. Here, he whispered, here. He's here, here too, the dog. Come with me faster. And ran on, the eldest suddenly stopped. Can you see? He exclaimed. This is the way that you were lying on the ground. But we saw where the grass had been pressed down. I saw a blowed, blowed hole. The young blood soaking down the ground. The other smelt the place carefully. He had already been here, him and the dog. He said, now come with me. He walked slowly on, continually stopping to smell the ground. Bambi noticed the drops of red on the leaves of the bushes and the grass. Would you have been past here, he thought. No, you're not able to speak out loud. Good, said the older, almost gaily. Now we've got behind them. He went forbearing in the same direction, and turned suddenly to one side, set off in a new circle. Bambi staggered on behind him. He rode at the big oak tree once again, but this time from another direction. He rode once again at the place where Bambi had fallen, and then once again the elder took a new direction. Eat some of this, he ordered. He had stopped, pushed the grass to one side, and pointed to some tiny leaves, short and dark green, fat and fluffy, and sprouting out of the bare ground. Bambi did was, as he was told, the leaves were horribly bitter, and had a repulsive smell. Oh, well, the elder asked, How are you feeling now? I'm feeling better, Bambi. Bambi promptly answered, All of a sudden he was able to speak again. Could think clearly. He felt less tired. After another pause, the elder ordered him, "You go ahead now." And after he had been walking behind Bambi for some time, he said, "At last, he stopped. Your brother stopped running out from your wound, so he won't show where you are anymore. He and his dog won't be able to find where you go, where to go to take your life." The elder took a look very tired, with cheer in his voice. "Come on, then," he continued. Now you need to have a rest. They ran at the broad gully that Bambi had never been across. The elder climbed down into it. Bambi tried to follow. It took time. It took him, it took him a lot of effort to climb up to the steep slope on the other side. Furious pain he felt began once more to go through him. He fell over, pulled himself back up, fell over again and began to gasp for breath. <coughs> I can't help you there, here, said the elder. You've got to get up here yourself. And Bambi did not did get up to the top. He gone once more to feel the hot band of pain. and shut down his shoulder and felt for the second time he was losing his strength. You're bleeding again, said the elder, as what he expected. Not too much, though. And he had in a whisper, it doesn't matter anymore. They made their ways very slowly for a groove of beech trees. As high as the sky, the ground was soft and smooth. It did not take much effort to go through it, but he yearned just to lay himself down there. Here, yeah. he stretched himself out not to move a finger. He just 
could not go any further. His head hurt. There was a buzzing in his ears. His nerves were quivering. His feet began to shake him. His eyes went dim. There was nothing more inside him. Then he only felt rest and a vague astonishment at how light in his life had suddenly been interrupted and altered, and how he had once used to go through the forest in good health and without injury, just just that morning, just an hour earlier. It seemed to him now like the happiness of a distant time had long since vanished. It passed through a low thicket of oaks and dogwood, a falling trunk of a beech tree lay across their path, deeply bedded in the bushes. It was very big. They could see no way of getting past it. Now we've got there. Bambi heard the elder say, say, he walked the length of the beech trunk, and Bambi followed him, nearly falling in the hole, into a hole in the ground. All right, said the elder, you can lie down here. Bambi sank down and did not try to move any more. He saw that the hole in the ground under the fallen beech trunk was deeper. It had seen, created a small chamber. This is the edge of it closed over him. He entered so that nobody could see him in. Once he was down there, it was as if he had disappeared. You'll be safe here, said the elder. So here, don't go anywhere. Days went by. Bambi lay in the warm earth, a bark of the fallen tree slowly rotting above him. It listened to his pain as it grew inside his body, grew stronger than abated, grew weaker than down steadily, softer and softer. Sometimes he would struggle outside, where he could stand, weak and unsteady, on his tired and with unlayable legs, tried a few steps to look, to look for food, then eat herbs that he never before noticed. They now had suddenly begun to offer themselves to him, called him with a scent that had a strange and tempting sharpness. What he had until then despised, what he would have thrown away if he had inadvertently got it between his lips, now seemed tasty and spicy. Many little leaves, many short stalks have continued to seem unappetizing, even now, but nevertheless he ate them. Under certain kind of compulsion, his wounds healed more quickly. He could feel now how his strength was coming back to him. He'd been saved, but he still had not, did not leave his chamber. He could not only come out at night, <clears throat> take a few steps around, but in the daytime he would remain quietly in his bed. It was only now when his body was feeling no more pain that Bambi realised all that happened to him. He was able to think once more, a feeling great horror arose within him. His character had been shattered. He was not able to simply wipe it away, nor able to stand up and run about as he had before. He lay there and felt more than many emotions, alternatively disgusted, ashamed, astonished, disheartened, but soon afterwards full of melancholy, soon afterwards full of happiness. Yoda was nearby at times. First he was as, as a Bambi, about his side, day and night. There were times when he left him alone for short periods, especially when he saw that Bambi was lost in his vaults. There was no time when he was not close by. One day, there had been a storm of thunder and lightning. The sky had been swept clean. And that evening, as the sun it went down, shone over a sky that was blue. Blackbirds sang out loudly from the treetops. The finches flapped their wings. The tits whispered in the undergrowth. The grass and under bushes close to the ground, a metallic rush of pheasants' cries could be heard, a woodpecker laughed in loud celebration. Pigeons cooed from the yearning for love. 
that was inside them. And we stepped out from his underground chamber. Life was good. The other was standing there. So he had been waiting. The abundant slowly off together. But Bambi never went back across that gully. Never went back to see the others. <clears throat> Chapter 23 One night, when the autumn leaves were falling and whispering through the whole of the forest, the tiny owl gave his shrill cry for the treetops. Then he waited. Bambi had already seen him in the distance for the now sparse foliage. And now he kept still. The owl flew closer and gave his shrill cry even louder. Then he waited, but this time, too, Bambi said nothing. The owl could not hold back any longer. Aren't you startled in? He said discontently. Oh, yes, Bambi answered gently. A little bit. Well, the whale grumbled. Only a little bit. You always used to be terribly shot. It was always such a pleasure to see how shot you were. What happened then? What happened? What? That means you, you're only a little bit shot. He was annoyed and repeated. Just a little bit. The owl got old and made, and made him even more vain and more sensitive than he had ever been. Barney wanted to answer. I never, I was never startled before, me either. But I just said I was, was because I knew you liked it. But he said he'd rather keep this information himself. He felt sorry for the good old owl. So he sat there being cross. He did his best to calm him down. Maybe it's because I was just thinking about you, he said. What? The owl came, came cheerfully again. What? You were thinking about me? Yes, answered the owl. Has, said Bambi hesitantly. Just when you began to screech, otherwise, of course, I would have been just as startled as ever. Really? about piled? Purred, Bambi could not resist. What harm could there be in it? Let the little old boy have some pleasure. Really, he can find it. went on, beating me. It goes for all my limbs when I suddenly hear you like that. The owl puffed up his feathers, turned himself into soft brown, a light grey fluffy ball. He was very pleased. That's very nice of you. To have been thinking about me. Very nice indeed, you cooed gently. It's such a long time since we saw each other. A long time, said Bambi. Maybe it's, it's that you don't... Maybe it's that you don't go along the same old paths anymore. Quadriel, no, Bambi spoke softly. I don't go along the same old paths anymore. I've been seeing a lot more of the world too lately, remarked the owl, puffing his chest out. He not told Bambi that he had been driven out of his old territory. Inherited from his ancestors by a young and reckless lad. You can always stay at the, on the same, can't always stay in the same spot, he added. He then he wanted, waited for Bambi's reply. But Bambi was gone. By now he'd learnt the art of disappearing in silence, but almost as well as the elder. Yeah, I was dismayed, shameless, he grumbled. He took himself, buried his beak in his plumage, philosophised himself. You should never think you could make friends with your, those posh types. It might seem ever so likable, but one day they shamelessly. They're just, then you sit there looking stupid, just like I am now. Suddenly he fell vertically to the ground. Like a stone, he had seen a mouse, which then, according to Talons, had the time to squeal just once. He tore the mouse into pieces before he, he was angry. He pulled the head off his mindful, mouthful quicker than memory would. Then he flew away. What does the Bambi matter to me? He thought. What does that, any of those posh people matter to me? Nothing. 
It won't matter at all. He started to screech, so shrill, so long, a pair of wood pigeons. He passed Passed by, were woken up, and with much loud flapping the wings, they fell out of where they had been sleeping. The storm grew through the woods for many days, tearing the last of leaves from the twigs and branches of trees now stood there naked. The grey of the morning twilight, Bambi was making his way home in order to sleep together with the elder in their chamber. A thin voice called to him two times, three times in quick succession. He stayed where he was, but then the squirrel swooped down from the tree like lightning and sat on, fr- sat on the ground in front of him. I really is you, then, he piped with respectful astonishment. I recognise you straight away when you passed by. I really didn't want to believe it. How come you, you're here? Bambi asked, the cheerful little face in front of him. Took on a worried expression. The oak tree is gone. The squire going to complain. Squirrel began to complain. I love the old oak tree. Do you remember? It's terrible. He cut it down. Bambi lowered his head in sadness. He really did hurt his soul to hear the wonderful ancient tree. It all happened so quickly, the squirrel told him. All of us who lived in the the old tree, we all went away. We could only watch as he bit through it with mama's blinking tooth. The tree screamed out loud from his wound. He just kept on screaming. The tooth screamed too. It was horrible to hear it. Then that poor lovely tree fell over. Out in the meadow it made all of us cry. Bambi sighed. Yes, said the squirrel with a sigh. If you do anything, this is impotent. 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 He looked at Bambi with eyes wide open and pricked his ears, but Bambi silent. We've got nowhere to live now, the squirrel continued. I don't even have any idea of where the others have got to. I came here, but it take me ages for that other tree like that. The old oak tree, muttered Bambi to himself. I know it. I've known it since I was a child. Now, but it's good to see that, to see that it is really you, the squirrel become, became quite contented. We all thought you must have died a long time ago. There were some who said you were still alive. Some said that someone or other had seen you, but couldn't find out anything to find it. So we just stopped. Suppose it was an empty rumour. Squirrel looked at him searchingly. Well, that was that was because you didn't come back. He sat there waiting for an answer. You could see that he was very keen to know what had happened. Bambi was silent, but he too felt a slight Anxious, anxious curiosity. He wanted to ask about Feline, about Arlena, about Reno, about Crass, but everyone he knew had known as a child. He was silent. Squirrel continued in front, sat in front of Bambi, experiment, examined him. Look at that crown, he exclaimed in admiration. What a crown, apart from the old prince. No one's a crown like that. No one, anyone, air in the forest. Earlier, Bambi. Would have felt very pleased and flattered by an observation like this. Oh, you just said wearily, yes, I suppose so. Squirrel nodded his head vigorously. It really is, he said in astonishment. Really, we're going to go grey. Bambi walked away. Squirrel saw the discussion, saw the discussion was at an end, swung up into the branches. By then, he called that on. Look after yourself, I enjoy seeing you again. If you, if you see any of your old friends, if I see your old friends, I'll tell him you're still alive. And we all glad to hear it. Bambi heard this, and then once again, felt those slight stirrings of his heart, but it said, it said nothing. That you have to stay alone, the older taught him when Bambi was still a child. The elder has shown him many things, told him many sec- 
secrets and continued doing so present day but all the things he'd been taught was the most important you have to stay alive if you're going to preserve your life if you want to understand existence if you want to become wise you have to stay alone but but, but i was badly one time what but what about the two of us we're always together nowadays we soon won't be the older had retorted and they had only been a few weeks that had only been a few weeks earlier now it again occurred to Bambi. It occurred to him very suddenly that that was the first thing. That... Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at mvmt.com again that's up to 50 percent off at mvmt.com for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done. Elder said to him, "Had been that he had to stay alone. He had been when Bambi was still a child. Was calling to him, and the elder had come up to him and asked, "Are you not able to be alone?" Bambi walked on. Chapter 24. The forest lay once more under the snow, the sun under its thick white coat. All that could be heard was the calling of the crows. Only now and then came the anxious croaking of a magpie, the shy, gentle twittering conversations of the tits. Then the frost became harder, and everything was silent. Now the coldness made the air itself ring. One morning the deep quiet was torn apart by the barking of the dogs. There's an incessant hurried barking that drove its way quickly through the forest, a sharp cut, belligerent, yapping, and made him sound insane. In a chamber under the fallen be- beech, birch, trunk, Bambi raised his head and looked at the elder who lay next to him. The elder answered Bambi's look. Nothing, nothing that could need concern us. Two of them nevertheless listened. They lay in their chamber. They had the old birch trunk as a protective roof over them. Icy drafts were kept out by the height of the snow. A tangle of bushes hid them like a dense grid from any spying eye. Bargain came nearer, angry, breathless, as heated. Could have only been a small dog. It came even nearer. Now they could hear the gasping of breath of a twice the speed. And through the angry barking, they heard a gentle growling, as if it from pain, Bambi looked uneasy, came uneasy, but the elders said again, nothing, and he concerned us. They remained still and quiet in the warmth of the chamber, peering out to see what was happening outside. Rustling and twigs came ever nearer. Snow fell from the brows. They suddenly run past as dust of snow was kicked up the ground. Now it's possible to see who was coming. Through snow and bushes, through roots and twigs, there came jumping and creeping, 
and sliding the old fox immediately after him. The dog broke through. It's a very small dog on short legs. One of the fox's front legs was broken. Just above the break, his fur was ripped open. He held a broken leg high on the front of him. Blood was spurting from his wounds. His breath was wheezy. His eyes were staring far ahead because of horror and efforts he was having to make. He was beside himself with terror and panic, confused and exhausted. He sprang around in swinging, swiping movement and startled the dog so he stepped back. We shouted the dog so that he stepped back a few paces. Fox let it down on his hind legs. He would go no further. He held his sh- shot foreleg up a way that was pitiful. His mouth was open. Sucking his cheeks, he spat at the dog. He, he was not quite quiet for a moment. His high, shrill voice now became fuller or deeper. Here, he shouted. Here, here, he's here, he's here, he's here. He was shouting at the fox at that moment. He was speaking to him. At all, but it was clearly calling to someone else who was still a long way away. Bammy and the odor were both aware it was him who the dog was calling. Fox knew it too. A blood was now gushing down his breast and into the snow and built up a gently steaming scarlet skein on a racy white layer. The fox seemed to have, have be having a mild fit, his shattered foreleg, no strength in it. He sat and sat down. Then he touched the cold snow, a burning pain shot through it. Obviously, he raised it up and held it juttering in the air in front of him. Leave me alone, he began to say. Leave me alone, he spoke quietly and poorly. He was very dull and disheartened. No, no, the dog threw back, threw back at him the malevolent howl. I beg of you, said the fox. I can't go any further. I have had it. Let me Just let me go. Let me go home. At least let me die in peace. No, no, the dog howled. The dog fox begged him even harder. But we related, he lamented. We're almost brothers. Let me go home. Let me die among my own folk. We're almost brothers, you and me. No, 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 the dog said excitedly. Now the fox sat upright. His his lonely pointed snout sunk down to his blade breast. His eyes rose up. He stared. The dog right into his face. In a quite different voice, and controlled himself. Sad and bitter, he snarled. Are you saying to yourself, you traitor? No, 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 the dog yelled. The fox, however, went on. Your turncoat, you defector. His emaciated body became stiff with hatred and contempt. You're just his henchman. He hissed, you miserable. You seek us out where he can't find us. Pursue, persecute us places that he can't get to. You turn us in. All of us are your relatives. You turn me in, and you and I are nearly brothers. You just stand there. Are you not ashamed of yourself? Suddenly, many loud new voices are heard around them. Traitor called the magpies from the trees. Henchmen screeched the jays. Miserable squealed of squeezel. The effectors spat the polecat. Sure, hisses and screeches came out from all the trees and bushes. And from the air came a screech and their crows. Henchmen! <coughs> All that hurried closed, they all had hurried close, all that listened to the call from the trees above, or from a safe hiding place on the ground. Disgust expressed by the fox released the old bit of disgust. They all felt a blood stream in their slight sight. All of them and the snow made them furious, and made them lose all their reserves. The dog looked around. The dog looked around him. You, he called, what do you want? What do you know about it? What are you talking about? 
all you belong to, I am just like, I belong to him, him. but he, me, I love him, I pray to him, I serve him, but you, you don't know what he's, he's in charge of, oh yeah, you're pitiful, aren't you, you can't rebel against him, he's the almighty, he's above all of us, everything you got comes from him, everything that grows and lives, all it comes from him, the dog was shaking with his out, in his outrage. Traitor, the squirrel screamed. Yes, hissed the fox. A traitor, nobody but you. You're the only one. They danced about in self-righteous anger. I'm the only one, you liar. Don't you think those ain't loads and loads of others who all with him? The horse, the cows, the lambs, the chickens. Some of, of all of you. All your, your species. There are loads who, who are with him. Who pray to him and serve him. Rebel, hissed the fox, full of boundless contempt. The dog could control himself no longer. Held himself the fox's throat. A snarling, spitting, grasping bundle, wild and whirling, and rolled in the snow, snapping each other. Hair flew up. Snow flew up. Fine drops of blood flew up. But the fox was not able to maintain the fight for long. For after just a few seconds, he laid on his back, showed his pale belly twitched, stretching himself out, and died. Dog shook him in a few more times, and dropped him into churned out snow. Dead though, his legs wide apart, and once again, called out in a full, deep voice, there, 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 there he is. There was a discussion, fled away. In directions, all directions, horrible, said Bambi, in his chamber to the elder. Where's it all? The elder replied, is that you all believe, they all believe that the dog just said, they believe it, they live in life full of fear, they hate him, they hate themselves, they kill themselves for their, his sake, and they kill themselves for their, his sake. Chapter 25, there came a break in the cold, a pause in the middle of the winter, the earth drank in the mismental in snow, in great draughts, so the broad stretches, stretches of naked earth could be seen everywhere. Blackbirds were not singing yet when they flew up from the ground where they had been hunting for worms, or even when they flapped from tree to tree, they let out a long, shrill, cheerful cry, which is almost like birdsong. The woodpecker began to laugh here and there. Magpies and crows became very more chatty. The tits talked gaily with each other, and the pheasants, when they had swung down for the trees, where they had been sleeping, now remained in the one spot for almost as long as they could in the good times. They would shake their plumage in the morning, sunshine and continually burst out with a metallic cry. On the mornings like this, Bambi had ranged out further afield than he normally would. When the sun had barely risen, he arrived at his chamber under the beech tree. Over on the other side, and there where he used to live, there was something moving. Bambi remained hidden in the gum growth and watched. He'd write someone of his own species moving back there, seeking out the patches of free snow and setting up the early risen grasses. At first, Bambi wanted to turn around, go away, but he saw it's Feline. His first urge was to jump forward and go to her. But he stayed where he was, rooted to spot. Here was long since. It had been so long since he had seen Feline. 
His heart began to burst hotly. Feline was walking slowly. She was really tired of sad. She looked out like her mother now, more like Aunt Edna, and when Bambi noticed this, it was a painful, it was a painful astonishment. Feline raised her head and looked in his direction, so she could feel that he was near. Again, Bambi felt the urge to go forward to her. Again, he stayed where he was, powerless and lame. His only way to move. He saw that Feline come old and grey, gay and atrocious little Feline, he thought. She used to be so beautiful, so nimble. His entire childhood suddenly skimmered, skimmed up in, in him. No matter the path his mother led him, along the happy gains of Gobo, Feline, the good grasshopper, the butterfly, the struggle, caress of one of which he won Feline for himself. He suddenly felt happy again, but nevertheless shaken. Once there, Feline was walking away from, with her head sunk down, ground slow and tired and sad. At that moment, Bambi loved her with gush of tender pity. He wandered across through the hole under the beech tree trunk, which is so long had separated him from her and from the others. Why did he fetch her back to talk to her at a time when they had been children, above all to talk about the past? He thought this, he watched her. She went on through the bird bushes and finally disappeared from her sight. He stood there for a long time, looking in the direction. A clap of thunder crashed. Bambi was startled. That was here. That was here on his side of the hole. Not very close, but here on the side where he was. Another crash of thunder came, then another. Bambi made a few steps deeper, deeper back into the thicket, where he kept still and listened. Everything was quiet. He crept carefully home. The other was almost, was already there. Not gone down to the chamber. He was just stood next to a fallen birch tree and drunk. she had been waiting. Where have you been all this time? he asked. You know, he was so serious that Bambi remained silent. Do you not hear that? You know, just now the elder went on after pause. Yes, Bambi answered three times. In the forest, clearly, the elder nodded. He repeated with a strange inflection. He's in the forest. We need to go. Where? Bambi could not stop himself from asking. Over there, what said Bambi, and his voice is heavy. Over there. He is now, where well, he is now, Bambi was alarmed. Don't be frightened. The other came on. Come to me now and don't be afraid. I'm glad I, I've got a chance to take you before. I let you see it. You see it. He hesitated and gently added, before I go. Bambi is taken aback by this and stared at the elder. He suddenly became aware of how, how frail he looked. His head was now entirely white. His face had become very gaunt. But his eyes had lost their sparkle. They had taken on a dull, grey green appearance, and seemed to be more somewhat how broken. Bambi now did not go far. They could feel the first winds of heavy storm blowing at them, a storm that was capable of putting so much fret and dread into their hearts. Bambi stopped, put the odor, but the odor carried on, walking directly towards the storm. Bambi hesitated, followed him, behind him. The scent of the storm came at them in even stronger ways and flew, drew them forward. The elder went straight on, thoughts of flight had sprung into Bambi. He could feel tension in his breast, which burrowed through his head and all his limbs. He nearly tore him away from the place. He stayed strong and continued to walk between, behind the elder. Now his malevolent storm had swollen up in something so mighty and so there was nothing else impossible to feel. So there... 
It was now barely possible to breathe. There, said the elder. He stepped to one side, two steps away from them. He lay there on the ground on bent and broken brushes and churned up snow. Barry half suppressed a scream of horror. With a sudden jump he fled. He was already been wishing what he as he had already been wishing to do, he nearly, uh, he was nearly out of his senses in terror stopped he heard the elder call. He looked back and saw the elder was coming standing there where he was lying on the ground. But before outside him in astonishment, Bambi looked stepped closer, compelled by his obedience, by his burnless curiosity, by his shaking and visitation. Come closer, don't be afraid, the elder asked. There he lay, his pale Uncovered face looking upwards, his hat a little to the side of him. Snow, a Bambi knew nothing about hats, for that had an awful head had been stuck into two pieces. And then his neck exposed and shed a wound as it had been cut through. It lay open like a red, little red mouth. There was still a gentle flow of blood from it. Blood from it, and it was in his hair, on his nose, and he formed a large pool in the snow, moaning it with warmth. Here we are then, the others quietly began. Was standing right beside him. And where is the danger now? Bambi looked down at him. He lay there, his form, his limbs, his hair. All seemed to Bambi to be something gruesome but puzzling. He looked into one of his broken eyes and stared silently back at him. He did not understand. But Bambi, the elder, continued. Do you remember that Gobo said, the dog said, but that everybody believed, do you remember? Bambi was incapable of giving an answer. You can see him there, Bambi, the elder went on. The elder went on. You can see him lying there, like any one of us. Listen to me, Bambi. He's not almighty like they said he is. He's not the source from which everything comes, everything that grows and lives. He's not our superior, he's beside us. He's like us, just like us. He knows fear and need and sorrow. He can be overcome just like us, and now he lies helpless on, helpless on the ground, just like the rest of us, just like as you see him now. They remain silent. Do you understand me, Bambi? The elder asked. Bambi felt in a whisper, I think. Tell me what you think, then. The elder ordered him. Bambi blushed and quaked and said, There is someone else who is above us all, above us all and above him. Time has come, then, when I can go, the elder asked. He turned around and two of them wandered on for a little while. At a tall ash tree, the elder stopped. Don't come with me any more, Bambi. Again, in a calm voice, my time is up. I need to find a place for the end. Bambi was about to say something. Now the elder stopped him. Now at the time I am now approaching, each of us is alone. Farewell, my son. I loved you very much. So the day started being hot as soon as us. The sun had risen, no wind, no chill, no twilight. The sun seemed to be in one of hurry in the day. It rose quickly to the sky and broke out a dazzling flames, a dreadful blaze. It drew in the meadow and on the bushes quickly evaporated. The earth became very dry and crumbly. The woods became quiet before its usual time. Only woodpecker could be heard laughing here and there. Only the pigeon called in tireless ferment tenderness. Deep in the thicket, there was a little hiding, hidden, clearing, giving a little space, and that, that is where Bambi was standing. Where his head was warm and ridges danced, 
and sang in the sunshine for the ladies. Hazel was beside him, gave his quiet buzzing. It came closer. A little bit, a big chef, cock treffer flew slowly past him, straight down the swarm, through the swarm midges, higher and higher up to the top of the tree. He tended to sleep till evening. His elegant wings covers struck out with him, from him. His wings were busting with power. Did you see him? The midges asked each other. That's the elder, said one of them. The others are saying, oh, his relatives are already dead. But he's still alive. Well, his relatives are still already dead, but he's still alive. A couple of very small midges asked, how long do you think he's going to live? He ever sang their answer. We don't know. We don't live all his family. He's very old, very old. Then he walked on. And the song of midges, he thought. Song of midges, a tender, anxious call, came from through to him. A voice of someone of his own species. Mother, mother. Thoroughly he understood what was happening. Bambi was standing there before them. Species. He stared at him. Your mother does not have the, not, does not have time, the time now, Bambi told him. Suddenly, he looked at his little one's eye. Can't you be by yourself for a while? The little one and his sister very silent. Bambi turned away, stepped in the nearest bush and disappeared. Even before two of them had understood what had happened, he walked on. I like that lad, he thought. Maybe I'll meet him again when he's a bit bigger. We walked on. And on a little grass, and that little lass, he thought. She's nice too. That Feline looked like. That's what Feline looked like when she was a child. He walked on and disappeared into the woods. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.